Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Levantex podcast. It's Sophie here. We have been missing for two weeks. I was in London. We are working on a documentary, and I did get a little bit ill. So we're back now, and we are talking to a wonderful lady called Elena Khalifi. She is the founder of She Fighter and also a public speaker and doing amazing things on the ground in Amman, Jordan. So, Lena, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Sophie. It's my pleasure. Lena, um, I think it will be nice for our guests to learn a little bit more about you and why you actually went into the industry or doing things that you're doing today. So just give us a little background. So I started in martial arts, uh, in Taekwondo when I was young. And then I realized that women are not uh, being taught in martial arts, all self-defense, or even like having the confidence to stand up and speak or be something in, in the Middle East, let's say in our society where I live, Jordan. So after that, after I've been uh, in the national team, I won 20 gold medals in the Taekwondo. I was with the Federation and I was really obsessed with martial arts because it gave me um, a different, it gave me confidence, it gave me voice and I would never attract any, anything that other people will find it as fear. Uh, I would not be afraid of really anything because I built myself through a lot of practice and discipline that uh, it's like a military system. And then when I grow a little bit older in, at university, I realized that uh, women are uh, being uh, abused, uh, mostly in domestic violence. And then I wanted to solve a problem. As, um, as a person, I'm a person who I, I learned about that, about me in later on with life. Uh, I'm a defender. I don't like to stay quiet when there's injustice. So one of my friends came to university with bruises on her face, and I got really upset about the situation of women that she could not stand up for herself or for, for even her sister, and she was being beaten up by uh, her brother and father. I got so pissed, and I decided to solve the problem. And I started the first self-defense studio for women, she fought her, and uh, it just grew massively. I did not know that it will grow that big, but... Yeah, that's about me. Um, and yeah, I'm, I mean, until now, uh, I find it hard to stay quiet sometimes when <laughs> things goes wrong or people uh, just, um, you know, offend other people or um, I always even stand up for other people. Uh, it's something in me. So I always had it. It got me in trouble, but it just got me to where I am right now. I think there's a lot of people that would um, listen to what you're saying and, and, and agree or have felt the same way, uh, definitely standing in the face of injustice. It's not easy, and we're seeing that a lot across the world when it comes you know, to the COVID pandemic, different uh, protests across the world. I mean, there are a lot of people that are speaking up and finding themselves you know, being persecuted for just actually fighting for justice and against injustice or for human rights in general. We can see it from the queer community, you know, to politics, to the anti-vaccine and pro-vaccine. I mean, it's there is abuse and bullying um, that's been it's been rife now for, let's say, three mm. years. You know, and I think the pandemic had a lot to play in this. And it yeah. even comes back down to, as you said, domestic violence. I mean, cases across the world spiked, let alone in third world or developing countries where uh, there isn't necessarily a foundation or a structure to be able to you know, curb these things. Um, mm. And there, there isn't an awareness and understanding that still needs to be, uh, mm. still needs to take place. 
You know that uh, Martin Luther King has a, a really uh, famous quote. He says, um, it's, not, um, it's not the enemies that scares me, it's a silence of my friends. So finding your voice is so powerful. And then when you find your voice, your duty is not to stay quiet on things that you find that is, goes around uh, like a different way from nature, against nature. Like would, if you see like a, a little kid uh, in the street and his father slapped him on his face, because I was raised in that culture and I've seen that when I was younger, I tried to stand up for that kid, but my father directly dropped my hands, like, don't interfere with other people's business. Yeah. Like, don't interfere. But I felt rage until now. I remember how hard his father slapped him on his face and he was just a baby. And I felt like I want to stand up for that kid. Then I realized people are different. I'm, I'm a kind of person who likes to stand up for myself and other people. I do stand up for myself. That's number one. Like I don't go just stand up for others. I stand up for myself and I stand up for other people. I would never accept injustice whatsoever. And sometimes in our community in the Middle East, you cannot always speak, especially if you're going against any kind of system or religious beliefs. It means that they want you to stay quiet. Um, so I think when someone discover their power, it's so hard to try to, um, to bury it again or hide it because it's, it's in you or you will explode. It has to go out. So that's how I felt all my life. Like I always felt like, you know, I, everything that I was taught or the journey that I went on, I have to share it with others. And if something is not right, maybe we need to talk about it. But a lot of people, communication is not their biggest, let's say, skill. Uh, they have other skills. Like some people are good listeners. Some people are, you know, but I am a communicator. Um, whether I teach martial art, arts or I do train public speaking or I interview people or I, I, I'm, I'm just a uh, communicator. Um, that's my, one of my powerful uh, skills that I have. And I cannot hide it or else probably you will have a disease there in your, you know, in the most powerful area in your body. So we need to really take care of, get to know ourselves and then make sure to serve the community. I think they're wonderful words, um, Lina, and they're things that even though we might feel like we're repeating ourselves or we've said it so many times, there's always someone else listening that hadn't heard it before and needs to hear something like that. And uh, I mean, I have personal experience with Jordan and Amman when I was filming a documentary for university and I was interviewing uh, an MP and uh, I was sexually harassed by the MP. And my first reaction, I grew up between two boys that are both martial arts, um, they did karate. And my first reaction was to slap and push. Uh, it wasn't to take it or leave. And, and I was actually quite, quite proud of myself when I did that because that person stood back and said, what, you don't want this? And I said, no, I don't. And it's not what I was asking for. You know, if I gave you or shown you some kindness, it's because you're giving me information that I require. And um, I was doing this on a professional basis. And now you've crossed that line. And um, actually, I feel like that person then genuinely felt bad. Um, 
So I think, as you said, if you don't stand up for yourself and you don't feel confident enough to just stand your ground, I mean, maybe another woman would have been scared to, to push it that far in case they got retaliated on. I mean, I wasn't physically abused, should I say. I, that's why I said I was harassed, because for me, it was different. And I've mm. had several situations like that. Um, and I do think growing up between two boys um, helped me feel like I could retaliate because I had to with them, for example, uh, where maybe there are women out there that feel vulnerable or feel weak or have been hurt in the past. And as you said, it's also very hard to talk. I mean, we can't say that this is limited to um, Lebanon and mm. uh, or Jordan or the Middle East because it wasn't long ago that the Me Too movement happened in America and now we're hearing about Jeffrey Epstein and a whole bunch of stuff has come out and you could say that they are the first world country and first world problems but there's still you know uh, women that are scared and don't speak and um, are afraid of, a, of an even deeper retaliation if they do so having people like you and safe spaces like you know um, she fighter give women i guess uh what should we call it um support and confidence in numbers uh where they feel they do have someone that's got their back so again yeah. as much as you might feel like you're consistently repeating yourself i think as i said you know there's always one person in the audience that hasn't heard it and does need to hear something yeah. like that well, yeah well regarding the jordan and harassment uh, usually when there are foreigners in the country they feel that they don't have a backup like uh, they don't have people tribes in their family so they can easily harass or he can assault um, a western while if it's a jordanian he would probably think about it 10 times before he makes that move um, it's something that they have um, they're when they do that they're cowards you have to know this they're afraid of other men but they're not afraid of women and that's how I always saw men who act like they're stronger or macho or trying to you know assault a woman or say something like oh they ask for it or they like flirting I've heard that a lot women like flirting women and some women unfortunately when they get nervous they don't know what to do so they laugh they start laughing and when they start, <laughs> when they start laughing, the thing is, men think that they're interested, and um, and they just don't know what to reply because probably she's too shocked, or and maybe she's trained to laugh when a man harass her or flirt with her uh, without her consent. And I've seen that in my own eyes many times that some women do laugh, and they even make it. Um, make it worse uh, like one time i was um i was let's say let's say what's the word it's not harass but mostly he was making fun of my identity a soldier in jordan and he was making fun of my identity of course he would never do that if my father is in the car because there's another man and they're cowards like they would never do that if your brother is around or any man is around he would never try to bully another woman because there is someone that would beat him up and they're always afraid of getting in trouble. So I had my friend with me and, um, and I was driving the car. He stopped us and he told her, he looked at her and he completely ignored me. And he said, so you brought your little brother with you and you're telling him to drive the car. 
I looked at him and she started laughing. The thing is, when she laughs, it feels like you're the only one who's, who took it seriously and he was just joking. And I, I looked at her, I did not look at him. I looked at, I was surprised. She's no longer a friend. <laughs> I'm telling you, after that experience, you get to know people. She did not stand up for me, she laughed. She laughed at me and she started taking it even further. And he's like, oh, look at how old are you? Are you 16? And he started making fun of me. And I just stayed silent completely. And she was laughing. I was just shocked from her behavior, not from his behavior. Because he, I don't care about him. I care about her. She's my friend. She needs to stand up for me. And um, he let us go. But I asked her, why did you laugh? And she's like, it was funny. Why you took it seriously? And I said, but did you see he was bullying me? I was not happy. And she's like, but why you take it seriously? Why you take things so seriously? I'm like, what if he did that to you? Would you, I would stand up for you. And she's like, he would never do that to me. I'm like, because you're a feminine woman. So you, you see, we have these things happen a lot. And uh, unfortunately, I get, I get uh, let's say, bullied a lot, not harassed, but bullied a lot by police, uh, soldiers in Jordan, um, people sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'm in a really good mood that I take it completely. Like I tell him, like, you know what? You're mistaken. I'm actually a woman. You want to check my ID? And sometimes I have enough, you know. <laughs> um, I travel all around the world. They always tell me how, you know, um, that I have a feminine face. I'm, I look like celebrities. I, I look so cute. When I come to Jordan, they call me Muhammad or, <laughs> or Omar. Or, I'm like, these people have completely, <laughs> they have no eyes to see. I'm like, I'm not even the size of a man. So, Yeah. I mean, I got used to it, but then I started to, um, let's say, selectively, uh, if I want to answer or not, it's up to me. Because they're talking to a man. I'm not a man. Why would I answer? They're talking to someone else. So I decided to go against them in a different way. You know, I, I, I'm not the person that could ever stand there and give advice on a subject like this. Because, you know, being, shall we say, a feminine woman... Um, I have a very alpha presence as well. So I think that's always confused men to begin with. They're not really sure how to, <laughs> how to deal with me. <laughs> They're not too sure what type of reaction I'm going to have. But um, my sister, for example, my sister, she, she has faced a lot of different things. And just watching it is, is heartbreaking. And, you know, being, I have been in the situation where I've seen people laugh. And I've always been called the serious one. Um, I went into journalism and storytelling because I feel like, you know, it's time to stand up for things that people don't necessarily stand up for. And people used to see things that I do or say as, as invalid or not substantial, you know, that there were so many bigger things going on. You know, why was I focusing on, on such little things? But at the same time, these little things are what make our foundation, you know, lay the foundation to actually be able to tackle the larger subjects, whether they be political, mafia related, all of these different things that we're facing in the Middle East, you know, how we run um, our, our, our place in society, society itself. I mean, it's very hard to say that there are a lot of Middle Eastern countries, you know, that are, that are doing well for themselves. 
if you want to do it on a comparison to a global scale. And that is due to the fact that there are cracks in the foundation and, you know, civil rights or just, you know, in, in, racism, it, even the racism, what you just said to me, how people laugh like that, you know, that it, it, we tend to laugh it off in this culture. It's an easier way than having to sort of deal with it and confront it because the bigger um, repercussion or the consequence we're not where is unknown because people don't do it a lot. So you're not sure what's going to happen. You're not sure if someone's going to come and beat you up. Someone's going to come and shoot you. Some, you know, there's going to be some tribal warfare or you might just get arrested at a checkpoint and chucked in jail and, and not allowed to communicate, you know, and disappear for a couple of weeks. So there is this really large fear, which does, you know, prevent people from maybe um, sticking up for the other and or, or trying to make a stand and 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 reacting where it was just easier to say ha ah, you're so funny okay let's move on now um but again i'm with you in the fact that that's never going to change anything if we continue to act like that and there are ways around doing things that don't have to necessarily be violent or rude and uh, it, it could have been a small simple answer of oh i didn't realize that she was a boy you know i thought you were a girl you know and just made fun of the situation at him so he ended up having to look at what he said and be like, oh, I, I've done something. I haven't caused an argument, but I know that, that there's discomfort there and open a room for maybe discussion. But um, this tip for tat, and you're seeing it so evidently, you know, during COVID, there's, because everybody is online and just smashing each other. That's what I see everywhere, mm. you know? It's just consistent yeah. attack. And, um, and they feel like they you feel like people started to have power to tell people what is good for them. Like for example, people who, who are pro-vaccine are pushing people who are not vaccinated and people who are not vaccinated, they're pushing. Actually, I think that people who are not vaccinated, not pushing really about the whole thing, but people who are pro-vaccine are going uh, massively. I heard it in the media, you know, the media effect, the media, as you said, power of journalism, storytelling, words, affect people and fear uh, controlling people by fear is the best way to control people one of the ways to control people to spread fear and hate between them and uh, the media in jordan i heard that when the the vaccine started to come out which was the first thing chinese like now nobody really cares about it but um and the media said it was on friday morning and everybody watched that show it's a morning show and everybody watch it. And the presenter said, if you have someone in your family that is not vaccinated, you force them. She said it, she said it. And she's like, you force them like by force to go get vaccinated, whether they like it or not. You push them, you force them, you do whatever, you get them to the centers and they need to get vaccinated. At that time I wasn't, I wasn't vaccinated. And my father, follows media a lot and he kept pushing me and pushing me he's like did you hear them you need to go or else you know like uh, I'm not your father or and I'm like are you do you really listen to these guys do you even know who they are why do you trust their opinion and it's up to me I'm not a kid I'm an adult I can decide on my own I know when it's the best to take that vaccine but when it's out at the beginning I'm not gonna take it I'm going to see what's going to happen. Um, so the media is so powerful. 
uh, and you said you went into journalism and storytelling. That's why we need to watch the way um, the any story is is written or spoken out there because you can write a story in a way, but you can say it in a different way. Either you say, I can say, diff like I can write the same story, say it in completely two different ways. And um, it's, it's just so powerful when you realize words, media has a complete control over our lives, which made me as well um, realize how important for me to pursue uh, media, like acting. I, I love to do, uh, I did acting before and I love to do it more. But because I realized how impact, I can impact people through, uh, through art and media and acting, acting a certain character or story that I always wanted to share. So yeah, you realize later on in life, the power of media, of course. Yes, definitely. And on that note, I think we should wrap up today's conversation. I mean, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you, Lena. And everybody, I mean, as a journalist or as a storyteller, I'd always say, you know, where you read something, you know, go and do some research and just research that subject. Don't just take everything at uh, face value. Don't just stick to one news source or one um, information source, you know, consistently do background checks, do research, see who even wrote the article, look into what they do and what they talk about and start to make your own, you know, valid and educated opinion um, and I think that's the only way that we can actually function in today's society especially with this new talk of the metaverse and we're all going to be living in I don't know la la land soon um, rather than getting there so quickly just being independent thinking for yourself that will inevitably give you confidence and that goes back to what you said Lena you know confidence is key standing your own ground understanding who you are um, and what you want and delivering on that purpose and you know putting stuff into civil society always tends to you know, uh, be the first way I would say, you know, building your confidence, because when you feel like you've done something for someone else, you realize you can actually do it for yourself. So Lena, I usually give my guest a couple of minutes at the end to uh, leave a piece with my audience. But before that, I just want to remind everybody that Levant X is a crowdfunded organization. And you can head to the website levantx.com and click the donate button to become a member and there you will see and be able to listen to exclusive material or just make a one-time donation. So Lena, the floor is yours. Thanks. Um, uh, I really wanna um, just encourage parents uh, regarding uh, self-defense or martial arts for women to look into some kind of martial arts to enroll their kids in any kind of uh, self-defense program, martial arts. They need to also research about it uh, they can check Chi Fighter uh, for any online classes, but I would encourage them to enroll their kids because it it actually builds their confidence. Not in it, in it's in a different way. Once you build a body, you build completely your spiritual strength and your mind strength. So it's connected mind, body, and spirit. Um, and um, when they grow up, they're gonna thank them because they have at least some techniques. If some somebody try to assault them or harass them. But yeah, I do encourage parents to look into any martial arts program for their kids. And on that note, goodbye everybody and good night, Lena.